Yes, so today we'll talk about career transitioning from software engineering to machine learning. And we have a special guest today, Santiago. So Santiago is a director of computer vision solutions at uh, Levitas. And uh, there he leads a small, um, small team of software engineers and machine learning engineers. Santiago is, computer, is a computer scientist who focuses on applied machine learning. And you probably know Santiago from his uh, Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, he shares, every day he shares a lot of practical uh, things about machine learning. Um, thanks, Santiago, for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Um, before we go into our main topic of moving from software engineering to machine learning, um, maybe we can start with your background. Can you tell sure. us about your career journey so far? Absolutely. So I started uh, as a software developer. I went to college, got a computer science degree, and I started building software. And I think it was 2015 when I decided to go for a master's in computer science. And, and you know, back then I had no idea about machine learning. I didn't have any interest. It was during the master's that I decided to focus more on machine learning. And I know you've been using the word transitioning from software engineering to machine learning. I like more the word uh, adding to my skill set, the machine learning skills, because I think if you're a software engineer, you are already providing a lot of value by incorporating machine learning. Now, what you're doing is augmenting the impact that you can have on the industry. So that's basically a short uh, description of how I went about it. It was through my master's. I started working more on machine learning, started getting more responsibilities on that area. Uh, up to today, where I'm mostly focused on on that area, yeah. And uh, I am following you on Twitter, and I noticed that recently you posted a picture from a local, uh, from your youth, from I think from Cuba. Like it was a, yeah. a picture of a newsletter, newspaper. A newspaper. Yeah. So you're from Cuba originally, right? I am from Cuba. Yeah, I came here to United States back in 2009. May 1st, 2009. So I've been here for 12 years now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you got your, you, you did your bachelor's in there? So right? I did, yeah, I did my bachelor's uh, in Cuba. It was computer science. And then I, I, I went through my master's here in the States. Uh, it was Georgia Tech, their mm -hmm. online master's program, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw it also from, um, I think I know, <laughs> like, because uh, you post so much on Twitter, so I already yeah. uh, know this bit as well. And I think in this picture that you shared from Cuba, it was two guys, like you and your friend, mm -hmm. you yep. were uh, staring at a computer, and mm -hmm. uh, your comment was that you didn't have any internet connection back then, so you just... Yeah, uh, back then, I think the first time we saw internet, uh, in my, during my my college degree or my you know my college stint I, I think it was 2000 maybe 2001 that was the first time that we got access to internet so back then it was about having a couple of books and that was it and the knowledge that we shared was you know mouth to mouth that you know you had to talk to people if you wanted to know something that you didn't know uh, so that it was very different to you know, the way it is today that you can find so much information online, literally anything that you want to know is going to be online in some form. So yeah, definitely very different. Yeah. I see why you love books. Maybe oh yeah. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly why I love books. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that uh, you don't like to think from uh, like when 
I say transitioning from software engineering to machine learning. You said that you don't like this word transitioning because you didn't really transition. You just added um, machine learning to your skill set as a software engineer, right? So um, do you think that software engineers are already qualified for doing machine learning? I do. I actually, so this is, this is what I think, right? One of the harder skills for you to get and, uh, and start providing value in the machine learning field is precisely coding, is your ability to develop solutions, right? To your ability to make the computer do what you want. That's one of the hardest skills that you can build. So if you're a software engineer, if you already have that skill, you're definitely halfway home. You're, you're definitely half what's needed to be successful in a machine learning field. It's interesting that most people are afraid of the math, but what I've seen is that most people that are that don't continue, that are left behind, it's not because they lack math skills, it's because they lack coding skills. So yeah, if you were to ask who's better positioned to be successful, um, you know, not of 10 times I'm gonna pick the person who already knows how to develop software and provide value through software for sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. So software engineers are basically already qualified for this work. Oh yeah, absolutely. They just need to convince themselves that math is not uh, the most important It's not that thing. scary. It's yeah. not that scary, you know? Yeah, math, you're gonna need math. And yeah, the deeper you go, math is gonna become more important. But, uh, but, but it's not that scary. I promise you, if you have the skills to build software, you can have a huge impact just with those skills and a little bit more math that you're gonna incorporate as you go. Yeah, for sure. Yes, but how do we, uh, as software engineers, how do we convince ourselves that math is not scary? Because I remember um, when I was studying machine learning, uh, I remember that uh, like all these uh, formulas, like especially when you, uh, when you talk about more difficult concepts like support vector machines, like you have these crazy formulas, like crazy, uh, or maybe somebody who, who, who studies math who disagree that it's crazy. Like they would say, yeah, it's just first level, like first grade uh, calculus, whatever. But when mm -hmm. I look at this, it's scary. So how do I, I convince myself that it's not scary, that I shouldn't worry about this thing? Yeah, I think it's a great question. So number one, we have to think about the way machine learning content has been, uh, or, 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 or who's sharing that machine learning content mostly. And if you think about it, it's mostly coming from academia, right? It's papers, it's the people who invented those formulas are writing books and are, are recording YouTube videos. And obviously it's really hard when you get to, to a blog post uh, and you cannot get past the second paragraph because there is a huge formula right there at the beginning, right? That is, it's, I, I have the, the sort of like the hope that that's gonna get better over time. I'm working on it. A bunch of people are working on it, trying to share the other side of machine learning, which is a very different approach to understand and to learn how to make progress in the field. Like instead of starting with how the thing is built, it's you start with what can you use and how you can use this concept to solve that problem. So it's a very different approach. You know, think about when you go to school and they teach you a bunch, a bunch of uh, physics and chemistry and math, just because it's just like sort of like a general foundation that maybe you're going to need later, maybe you will not need later. Uh, that has pros. It also 
bores a lot of people. A lot of people start there and they don't know where they're going. But, you know, they, they go through so much math content that they don't know why is this going to be useful. Another approach is to start with problems. Another approach is for you to look at a problem and say, what do I need in order to solve that problem? And yes, I know that a lot of people say, well, you cannot use something effectively unless you know how, how that thing is working. And I understand there is just a spectrum, right? You can know very, very low level details of how, it's, uh, how it works internally, or you might know just the necessary things that it does in order to solve the problem. Like not everyone that's sorting a list right now knows exactly how the algorithm works. I know extremely effective Python programmers that don't even know that the sorting behind Python is called team sort. They have no idea. They, they can still sort lists, right? Now, the other person will tell you, but if there is something wrong with sort, they will not Sure, when, when that happens, they can go and dive deeper and get the knowledge they need to understand how team sort works. But I don't think everyone needs to start from the nuts and bolts of the content. I think you could also start from the beginning, trying to make an impact. That's what like things like AutoML is doing, right? They're providing tools that you can use without the need of having somebody that knows the calculus that goes behind the scenes. I think that's it's a it's a different approach, and it's something that you're gonna see more and more as time goes on, for sure. Mm-hmm. And also to add to your uh, analogy of knowing sorting, how many times it happens that your sorting algorithm doesn't work? I don't know. Right. Has it ever happened to you that sorting didn't yeah, work? Yeah, never. Never. Yeah, so there, yeah and, and by the way, I'm not talking about not understanding sorting at all is a mm-hmm. good idea. I'm saying there it's a spectrum, right? So how much you understand about sorting will definitely help you. If you know more, might be helpful for you. That's okay. But you cannot limit people. Just because they don't know his team sort, you should not limit them on, on mm-hmm. what they can accomplish. Uh, yeah. you, you shouldn't guard them from the computer and say... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, like... No, don't touch the keyboard until you can show me like all the properties of the team sort, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like for example, I've been posting a lot of content on Twitter, and usually the approach that I take is how much jargon I can remove from this content so more people understand what's happening, right? So if I'm going to talk about, let's say, I just posted a tweet last week about ensemble uh, learning, and when you read the topic online, there is so much so much jargon and things that you need to know in order to even understand why an ensemble work. So my challenge is how do I remove all of that and, and still make it accessible to more people that they might not be ready to maybe to build an ensemble, but they will understand it's a tool that they can pick up. They understand that it's valuable. They understand the, the situations where to use it. And I think more and more, you're gonna see more and more of that content coming uh, because more people are gonna to want to use machine learning and apply it to their use cases. So I think I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good thing that you're doing on Twitter because uh, you have this ability to put complex things in simple terms. And I agree with everything you say. So to me, it's like you're just, uh, well, sometimes I feel like you can read my mind and just tweet it out. <laughs> this is really great because I agree with uh, with uh, almost everything you say. So this is cool. Thanks for doing this. And how do you actually go about this removing jargon? Because I think uh, 
uh, even though it's not super related to the topic today. I think it's uh, interesting uh, like how, how it is possible to, um, like these are complex terms, uh, complex things yeah. like ensemble learning. So how do you make it accessible for people? Yeah, I think uh, it's this goes more into writing and what would I do, but but just just as a sort of like a way to answer the question is so I write down sort of like an outline of what I want to explain, and then I use my wife as my guinea mm -hmm. pig. Can you understand what's happening here, right? And she usually points out terms that to me are very clear. But, to, but have no meaning to her, right? So that helps me a lot. And usually also asking the question, can a six-year-old understand what I'm trying to put here? And, and you know what? Sometimes you can do it, but it's, all, it's always about trying a little bit harder and sort of like getting the feedback from the people who read that thread, who read that content, that what questions do they ask? Does it help them? And sort of like incorporating that feedback in your next thread. So. It's, it's usually a battle and it's usually also a spectrum of how easy can you make something before it doesn't make sense anymore, right? Like if you try to make it so easier, then you're not helping anyone. But if you make it too complex, then you're, you know, leaving out everyone else. So yeah, you know, it's usually a battle, but it's, it's a nice battle to fight. It's something that I enjoy for sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So uh, speaking of Peter, so just before this, uh, this conversation today i opened twitter just wanted to check uh, uh, what you've been up to mm -hmm. and i noticed this nice thread which is very on topic for today's conversation which is about seven lessons i learned about starting a career in machine learning mm -hmm. do you remember what are these seven lessons i can have it in front of me right now i remember some of them uh yeah i think i have it right here so yeah, maybe you can walk us through a bit these lessons because I think these are very useful for uh, software engineers yeah. who want to transition today. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, the context, uh, this is trying to do a little bit of a retrospective uh, myself and how, do I, how did I get into the field, the things that I learned, and also about this year of, uh, of you know, it's been a year now that I've, I've, I've focused a lot on helping people get into the field, right? So just looking at the questions they ask, looking at the problems they, they've had, uh, what can we learn from that, right? So the first lesson is, it applies to, to a bunch of different things, not only machine learning, is that most people really enjoy the, the idea of starting something new. Unfortunately, they fail to take the first step, right? It's like, you know, you decide that you want to make a change in your life. You want to go to the gym and you start buying supplements and you start buying shorts and shoes. And that process really ex is exciting, but you never show up. You never go to the gym, right? So the sort of like uh, the lesson here is don't, don't be like that person, right? Don't, don't prepare. You don't need that much preparation, right? You just need to take the first step. You just need to do something today that gets you a little bit closer to that job. I think that's the first lesson. It's like this, buying a course about machine learning and getting excited. Hey, now I will finish this course. This is how much I will know. And then you come across the second one. 
but this is even cooler. Let's have this one as well. And then there is a third one and there is a cool free course. Yep. And then there is a book somebody recommends you and you all want, of, you want to get all of them, right? But at the end, you just collect resources and you don't do anything. That, that is exactly right. It is, it is, you know, most people spend so much time trying to find the best course trying to find the best tutorial, the best video. And there is no best tutorial. There is no best course. It's whatever you have in your bookmarks is plenty enough. So go through that and then decide what's going to be better for you. But just stop preparing. Just You just need to take the first, the first step. So yeah, so the second lesson, it's basically learning is a marathon, not a sprint, right? I get a lot of questions of people asking me, hey, can I become an expert in a few weeks or in a year or in a month? Or the reality is that machine learning, no different than any other field, it's a lifelong journey, right? So if, if you, what you're trying, you know, machine learning has been, uh, has been selected for the last few years as the sexiest field to be in and stuff like that. And then people want to be, to, to get into the field because they think it's a shortcut to success or they think they're going to be making a lot of money or they, right? That mentality, I don't see helping, right? So instead, if you're coming in, understand what you're setting yourself up to, right? Understand that this is a lifelong journey. It's a field that moves really, really fast and you're going to have to keep up, right? And you're going to have to dedicate a lot of time to become good at it. So it's just setting the right expectations uh, for you to start to start in the field. Yeah. So there is so no that's magic the second magic one. Right, right. Yeah, there is no yeah there is no magic and there is no shortcuts. Uh, it is it is it is hard. It is it's super rewarding. It's easy to start, but it's gonna be a lifelong effort for sure. Uh, yeah. So lesson number three. It's basically. A, a proverb that I, I used it there, which is if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And here the idea is that the people that I've seen that have made most progress are always part of a community, are always part of a group. It's really hard to make progress when you are alone, right? So find like-minded people that want to take this journey with you, right? There is a huge online community, online machine learning community. Just try to be there with them, right? Try to join, try to find other people that want to bounce ideas uh, uh, off of you and, and vice versa. Try to find people that are taking the same classes as you are, and that will boost your odds significantly, right? You're going to make a ton of progress just because of that. In my case, my, my teaching is a way for me or is, is one of the most powerful ways I have to learn, right? So I come here and not only, I'm not only writing about stuff that I know, a bunch of stuff that I've, I've gone to Twitter and talked about on Twitter is stuff that I don't know what I'm talking about, right? I just read about that. And I, you know, the, the process of writing about it is the way that I learn, right? And that's thanks to the community that's going to give me feedback, that's going to challenge my ideas. Uh, that's extremely important if you're trying to get into the field for sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. So lesson number four, if you finish a course, 
and the only thing you have to show for it is here, is inside your head, you probably wasted your time, right? And here the idea is you have to do stuff, not only just consume information, you have to produce something, right? So if you're watching a tutorial, do something with it. If you're reading a book, stop after the first chapter and think, how can I apply what I learned? If you don't do that, unfortunately, you are going to forget. Even if the doing means going to Twitter and talking about it, that is doing. That's the act of taking that knowledge and applying it somehow. That is extremely, extremely important, right? If you're not doing stuff with the knowledge that you're acquiring, the knowledge is going to, you know, it's not going to, to stay for long, for sure. And yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, so you were saying that, uh, so you were writing about these um, ensemble methods and you would test uh, what you wrote on your wife. So I guess this is a great example of how you can actually, when you learn something, when you study something, try to teach the other, or some other person about this. Uh, yep. Talk to your wife or somebody. Uh, yep. And uh, if they understand, then this is a lot better than just reading, uh, posting your book and uh, not doing anything. With oh, this absolutely. Yeah, one thing that I've been doing is I have, uh, now that Twitter supports Twitter spaces, so basically you, you get the microphone and a bunch of people join you and you can get to talk to a bunch of people. So I've done Twitter spaces to talk about a topic that I just learned, just so I can explain it to someone else. And a bunch of people join and they ask me questions and they test what I learned, right? So I have to get prepared to do that. And that preparation forces me to solidify that learning, to understand a little bit better. So that's extremely is powerful. It, is sure. it a regular thing you do on these Twitter spaces? What's that? Is it a regular thing that you do? Do you do this So often? I've been doing it very regularly. So usually per week I do it once. Uh, sometimes I join somebody else's space and I talk about the stuff that I'm learning on or whatever. Somebody mm -hmm. I do my own, or sometimes I do my own space uh, mm -hmm. and talk about a specific topic. Do you have like a specific time frame when you do this I or you just when you feel like uh, you just tweet it out? And yeah, then... it's when I, so I was doing one every weekend, but then after that is, is whenever I have the time to join, I, I try to do it. Yeah. Okay. So people yeah, so let's follow you, right? <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> to follow you yep. to know when you're doing this. Yeah, you have to, you have to stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so the fifth lesson on that thread is uh, people think about math every time machine learning comes up. Uh, and then I say, I think they're missing the point, right? So I do not believe machine learning is more math than coding. I do believe, like I look back at my masters and uh, we were, a lot of people were taking the machine learning class and most of us were really scared about the math uh, because everyone is, you know unless you have a math background, everyone is scared about the math. It turns out that by the end of the class, the people who didn't make it, uh, didn't make it because of their coding skills. They were not able to translate the ideas into code. They failed to do that. That was really hard. Uh, that was the, the actual, the hardest part of the class. So when I work every day that I get to meet people, I get to talk to other teammates, the ones that struggle the most are the ones that are not capable of building solutions. Yes, analysis is super important. Yes, I do believe analysis is, is better than code, especially when you're studying your ability to analyze a problem and understand what needs to happen. It's, it's crucial, but at some point you have to deliver value and that is through code. So mm -hmm. 
I think math is extremely important, but it shouldn't be the thing that scares you out of the field. Uh, it's just it's just a thing that you're gonna have to learn, but it doesn't. It's not that scary. I promise you. So that's yeah. the, the fifth. We lesson. already have a bunch of questions about improving coding, but I think we should come back to that a bit sure. later when we finish this lesson. Yeah, two. Yeah, two more lessons to go. Uh, I already mentioned this one here, but it's coding is secondary. Your ability to analyze a problem is the most important skill you can build, and this seems a little bit counter uh, narrative it, it, it to what does we just seem, yes, right. But it's, it's so so think about it this way when you're studying right this skill that i want you to build is the ability to read a problem and understand analyze how to solve that that's the skill that i want you to build this is not to say that overall as an engineer coding is secondary this is as you study now I, assuming that you already have knowledge about how to code i want you to put that aside I don't want you to focus on grab that code from Stack Overflow or, or, or I don't want you to focus on that. I want you to focus on understanding the problem. I want That's a muscle and I want you to exercise that specific muscle. After you know what needs to be done, now you can focus on the coding part. Now you, you can grab the code from Stack Overflow from the book or from the tutorial that, you, that you're reading. First, understand the you know, problems, understand different possible solutions, how to pick a model, how to you know, do the error analysis, all of that. I think that's, that's very, very important for to build, to start in a machine learning uh, career. How, how can uh, somebody actually pick up the skill? Is it just work or there is... Uh... I think it's, so it starts by you putting the code aside and mm -hmm. not focusing on that. If you start with a problem, most of us, this is the way I've, I've built my entire career. I find a problem and then I go online and find somebody else that solved it and see how they solved it, right? Some people think that that's cheating. Well, that's that's my entire career. If somebody else did it, I'm going to use what that person did for sure, right? So it's putting that aside. I'm forcing myself to think through the possible solutions, right? It's more about consuming the content and trying to apply those ideas and less about finding a library that does the, the work or finding somebody else that coded it, right? Just forcing myself to think through what are the ideas? Why is this solution the one that I should pick, right? Mm -hmm. It's trying to just dig a little bit deeper in the books, dig a little bit deeper in the math at the beginning, just so I can build that foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and finally, uh, lesson number seven, um, this is a quote. Uh, it says, you have to understand every detail of an algorithm if you want to use it. And then I, I say, I think this is bullshit advice. I do not believe you have to understand the nuts and bolts of every algorithm before you use it. It's nice if you do. Don't think for a minute that's the only way to build systems, right? I use, uh, I've been using neural networks for the longest time, and I do have a sense of how gradient descent works. I cannot explain it to you right now. I will have to go and check back and to actually get a better intuition. And that doesn't mean that I cannot solve things using neural networks, right? So uh, trying to force people to well, there is, you're not gonna be successful unless you can explain every single detail of how this works. It goes back to our sorting example. I think that's just bullshit advice. I think it's not, that's not the way the world works. Uh, as an engineer, I've worked on many, many systems and I've used many, many things that I do not, I understand what impact they have. I do not understand 
uh, the nuts and bolts of how mm -hmm. it works. So yeah, that's that's the final lesson on, on that thread. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, like when I think about all these libraries like Scikit-learn, the algorithm they use inside to implement this, uh, for example, logistic regression or something else, are not the same as the algorithm we study in machine learning classes. In machine learning mm -hmm. classes, we learn something simpler, right? But then yeah. they, when it comes to exact implementation, this is like a super optimized uh, version, yeah. completely different from what we study. So even if we try to, you know, learn and get all these basics of uh, machine learning, at the end, the algorithm that these libraries use is different, right? So it's- Yeah, uh, absolutely. There's, you know, I think we need a lot more pragmatism in the industry, right? A lot more making impacts, right? So, or focusing on, on delivering value and a little bit less of purism or, oh, you can't do this unless you know all of this, right? It's, it's sort of like a, the mentality that I- Just gatekeeping, right? right? Yeah, it's, it, you know, I get it. I, I, I get that you've worked really, really hard getting your degrees and your fancy titles and all of your knowledge, but it's, it's time for everyone, you know, to join as well, even though they don't have those, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, if you think um, again about uh, a business where you work, let's say they want to predict something simple like if this user will click on this ad, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you manage to increase this uh, click-through rate, nobody from the leadership team will care if you know math or not, right? As yeah. long as you actually manage to improve this click-through rate or something else. Right? So yeah. it's more about impact, not uh, yeah, absolutely. Not if you know details or not. Yeah, and uh, by the way, there, there are two different paths. And I usually speak to those that want to work in the industry, that want to you know, have their impact there. There is a path for researchers and that is completely different. And I do not dare to speak about that because I don't know, I don't have any experience with that. But right there outside in the industry, pragmatism goes a long way for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we had a comment that uh, feels more like a motivational speech than talking about transitioning. So maybe we oh, should. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it is a good motivational speech, but maybe we can go to the actual, uh, uh, you know, uh, the actual stuff. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I still, I, I, I'm taking a note to talk about becoming better at coding but first um, let's cover so we have a couple of things um, so let's start with core tools and frameworks that we need to learn to actually transition so let's say i'm a software engineer i know how to program uh, but say i know java right uh, i know sql i know how to use git i know bash maybe i know docker all these things yeah. and i hear about machine learning it seems like a cool thing so what are the core tools and frameworks. So uh, yes, and yeah. I watch this video, I get convinced that I don't need to get deep into math. I want to start uh, coding and get my hands dirty. So what are the core tools and frameworks I need to learn to do this? Yeah, absolutely, great question. So I think number one, you should start learning a little bit of Python. Since you already know Java, I don't think there's gonna be a huge transition for you. It's gonna be very simple. Not because Python is, is the same as Java, but you know, in a week, you're gonna get a lot of the, the differences there, right? You're gonna be able to, to make some progress. So that's number one. 
then you get uh, certain core tools they're going to be using throughout your entire career. And those would be like NumPy for scientific computing. That's a library. And Pandas for data manipulation. And I don't know, Matplotlib and Seaborn and Plotly. Those three or one of those three for shotting and, and displaying graphics. And then you get scikit-learn for a collection of machine learning algorithms. So those are tools that you're going to have to be using. I do not recommend just to go and learn about them just out of the, the blue, right? Instead, I would recommend you to go to maybe Kaggle or maybe take a course online. And we can talk about specific courses for sure. Uh, take one of those courses that is going to start introducing you to some problems and to some core ideas of machine learning. There is a, a course in Kaggle uh, which is an introduction to, I don't remember the name, but if you go to Kaggle, they have tutorials there for free. And one of them is an introductory uh, course that takes you through the Titanic problem in Kaggle, one of the most famous competitions there. And what's good about it is that the only requirement for you is to know Python. They're gonna present a problem and tell you how to use decision trees to solve that specific problem. And I think that process is extremely powerful because you go from no machine learning background to understand what the problem is, why you cannot solve it with what you know right now, which is straight software engineering practices, why you need something like a decision tree, how to build it, how to apply it, how to get results. So that line there is exactly what I recommend people to start getting into the industry. First, understand why you will need this, right? Find a problem that you cannot solve by yourself, understand how you can solve it, and then start getting deeper. Let alone you can get into decision trees and understand all of the nuts and bolts behind the scenes and all of the math and all of the cool stuff. But at the beginning, just learning how to use it uh, is extremely powerful for sure. So yeah, that's what I will do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this um, comes back to one of your uh, tweets, uh, or maybe it was from your course, when you compare two approaches to learning. So one approach is problem-based mm -hmm. approach, which you just uh, talked about. So you find a problem. And um, in this case, it was some problem from uh, Kaggle about uh, static data set. And you just learn how to solve this problem using this specific tool, decision trees from scikit-learn, right? And then yeah. there is another approach, which I think you call top-down approach, which where you start from math, then uh, you learn first math, uh, all, all linear algebra, calculus, whatnot. Then when you know the math, you go to machine learning theory, you learn yeah. the theory, and then four times, uh, four, four years later, you finally come to applications and then, okay, how do I use all these four years yeah. of math to solve uh, this Titanic problem, right? Yeah. Uh, so here you kind of save yourself this time. I think, yeah. And again, I, I don't want to get into the, is this better than this? If you ask me my opinion, I, I would rather prefer, if I have an electrical outlet here that I need replacing, I don't want to go to college, spend four years understanding the math behind electricity and the physics and all of that just to change an outlet. I would rather start with the outlet, find a YouTube video that helps me go through the problem. And if I'm interested, then I can go deeper a little bit and understand why if I touch the, you know, the positive one, it's gonna just electrocute me or whatever, bad analogy. But you get the idea, right? I really like the idea of starting with a problem, uh, 
trying to throw what I know up to that problem and understand why it doesn't work and then grab the tools that I need to solve that problem and start digging deeper and deeper and deeper from that point on. That's that's an approach that it worked for me very well and I've seen work for many, many people as well. So yeah, that's that's what I usually recommend. Uh, so maybe we can talk a bit about learning resources. So you mentioned one, you mentioned mm-hmm. Kaggle. So there is yeah. an introduction, introduction tutorial where you can get and learn how to yeah, apply yeah. decision trees. In, at the beginning, before we started uh, this interview today, you mentioned a couple of books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you can uh, yeah, talk again about these books and mention yeah, some other courses that you would recommend. Yeah. So if you're a developer, a course that I usually recommend if you want to start and start quick is uh, is the crash course from Google. So Google created this crash course for their own employees and they published the course online. So it's called Machine Learning Crash Course and it's free. You don't need to register. You don't need to do anything. You can just start. The only requirement for that course is that you know a little bit of Python. Uh, so that's if you're a developer, that's a great starting point. If you are not a developer, then uh, I do have on my Twitter account, my pinned tweet. So if you go to my profile, the tweet that's gonna be on the top that says pinned tweet, it's gonna give you a full roadmap starting with an introduction to Python, right? So if you're not even a developer, you can start with Python and work your way to more machine learning, right? So this roadmap is focused on Coursera, which is a platform that I really, really like, right? So you can audit all of the courses for free or you can pay for the Coursera subscription to get certificates if you want to. But it basically goes from introduction to Python to machine learning, deep learning, TensorFlow, advanced TensorFlow and machine learning operations. So there are six courses there. They're gonna take you a few years to go through. So every course is specialization. So it's gonna take you several weeks to complete. So we're talking about a roadmap that's gonna expand a year for sure. But again, it's just a path if you want one, uh, that's one. Uh, Regarding books, I do like a couple of books specifically related. One of them is Deep Learning, just uh, which is the Deep Learning with Python. Francois uh, Chalet uh, is the the writer, the person who created Keras is the writer of that book. By the way, the second edition of the book is about to be released. I'm really looking forward to that one. The second book is this one here, which is hands-on, you know, machine learning with scikit-learn, Keras and TensorFlow. This is a book that you can read cover to cover. It's a book that you can start from the beginning. And there is a lot of knowledge here. So you pairing this book with a course, it's, you know, you're gonna maximize the reward for sure. So that's that's a great way to start, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we, I'm, I'm just looking at the questions and the, the first question is the most uh, worded question is what are your favorite books? Uh, so these two, do you have, I think you have something else on your desk. Maybe you can also. I do. So I do have, so those two books are, the, so the Deep Learning with Python and the Hands-On Machine Learning are technical books. Uh, non, non-technical books is the Lord of the Rings. And you cannot say it, it's a huge book. I have it, I think it's there. It's huge, thick, obviously, Lord of the Rings. It's, I have the Spanish version there. And like a self-help book, I, I'm really into Atomic Habits uh, from James Clear. Uh, this book, by, by the way, I, I picked it up recently. 
I realized that I've done a lot of the stuff that's recommended in this book. Uh, I've done it, but a lot of it is is super super good. So I really recommend it to to anyone for sure. Yeah. And um, you have a course about machine learning, like, and I think I this course specifically focused uh, is uh, it focuses on people who are software engineers and who want to transition yeah. to machine learning. Exactly the topic today. Maybe you can talk a bit about this course. So what yeah. uh, what people will find in this course? So this is a this is a course for people that want to start but they really don't know how to do it. So I talk a little bit about the the right approach that you should take for machine learning. I talk about a specific problems depending on where you are, specific problems that you can go and solve. So I give like I think it's like 10 different problems that you can go and solve. I talk about books I talk about, you know, job opportunities, stuff like that, that you want to know. So imagine that you're thinking about getting into machine learning, but you need to talk to somebody. So this is me talking for 100 minutes about the career and what you should expect and how you should approach it and what books and what courses you should take to, to, to you know, to make it into the industry. I'm actually working right now on version two of the course, which, you know, I'm just going to replace the first one because since I built that course, I've learned so much. So I'm working on the second version to replace the first one uh, to, just to make that advice a little bit Let's call it better, right? So, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah. But yeah, I remember watching this course, and to me, like what I felt after watching it is that you somehow got into my head, took all the thoughts I have about uh, like how engineers should approach uh, uh, getting into machine learning, and you put it out in a, such a concise and motivating manner. So this is excellent. I recommend everyone cool. who, is, uh, who is interested in this to check this course out. Yeah, I appreciate it. We have quite a lot of questions. And one thing um, we promised to get back to is for those who are not necessarily great at coding, how can, we, how can they improve this? Because one of the things you mentioned is that coding is very important. And many people yeah. who failed a machine learning course, it was not because of the lack of math skills they had, but because of their coding skills. So how can people yeah. uh, improve their coding skills? Yeah, so th that is a great question. So there is definitely a path for you if you don't know coding to get good at machine learning itself and then pick up coding as you go. There is definitely a path there. I do have less experience with that path because I'm usually focused on people that already know how to code. So it's obviously natural for me to recommend people, if you don't know how to code, first get excited about building solutions. First, get there. So don't worry about machine learning. That will come at the right time and right place. Focused on building things with your computer, right? Focused on building programs, learn Python, learn how to solve different problems. And machine learning will be a nice addition to that. By the way, this is just what I recommend. It's not necessary to, I know people that started with machine learning and added coding Later on, there is definitely a way to make it, but I usually recommend people to start with Python, focus there, and then come back into machine learning. Yeah. Yeah, I my wife is doing a course now. I don't remember the name. It's about Python. And what she's doing there is um, she uses Selenium to automate um, <laughs> job application process on LinkedIn. So okay. in LinkedIn, there is this quick apply button. Right, so you can apply from LinkedIn without uh, filling in uh, like a big application form. So she wrote a bot, uh, a bot that uh, 
you know, goes through LinkedIn every day, finds all these easy apply buttons and clicks on them. This is a cool project. It has no yeah. machine learning in it at all, but this is a fun thing to build. Yeah, and definitely. You can do so many things with this, uh, with tools like Selenium. You can automate so, ma so many different routine things. So mm -hmm. like if you're looking to improve your coding skills, maybe this could be a fun thing to do. Like, uh, yeah. Like brighter job yeah, application. There's so many projects that you can build that yeah. don't require machine learning. Actually, the first rule of machine learning is you may not need machine learning at all to solve your problem, right? That's the first rule. Uh, so yeah, there is so much to do without it. Yeah, for sure. And what about uh, like we need some, uh, not just coding, we also need to follow some good practices like good software engineering skills. Um, like how can we improve these kind of skills yeah. for model so, deployment, for production? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're focusing on right now. So I was going to say before you mentioned model deployment, I was going to say that an area that's uh, so valued uh, of, of, of being an engineer is, is getting, getting experience on algorithms and data science, um, I'm sorry, and data structures in mm -hmm. general. So that the computing fundamentals part it's very underappreciated, I'm going to say, but it's extremely helpful in your career. Remember, you're not just limited to do one thing here. I'm the only thing that I'm gonna do is building models. There's way more to building models or to providing solutions than building a model. And that comes to the second part, which is what you just mentioned. Machine learning system, uh, the life cycle goes from project scoping where you have to take a project and understand it and, and decide what is the best solution, decide whether there is even machine learning here to be applied. Uh, so it goes from there, communication is, is, is key there, goes to the data, uh, part of the life cycle, where you grab the data, collect the data, you know, store the data, transform the data, do all of that, goes to modeling, which is usually where we focused when we talked about machine learning is the sexy part, right? Building this model that predicts things. And then goes to deployment, maintenance, and monitoring. Requires a lot of uh, what we call machine learning operations, or you know, how do we deploy this thing? And then containerization comes into place, monitoring those APIs and the cloud. So if you look at the whole life cycle, you're gonna realize that an engineer has to do a bunch of different stuff. Now, I know people that specialize in one of those buckets. They specialize in the data. They're, you know, data analysts, for example. People that specialize in the deployment, maintenance, et cetera, which is the more like an MLOps. And people that specialize in modeling part, right? But some people have to go through the whole spectrum. Some people have to work on every single step of that life cycle. So definitely a lot of opportunities, definitely a lot of skills to acquire. So yeah, anything that you can do to become a better engineer, anything that you, it's, it's just gonna help you providing value at the end of the day, which is what matters, yeah. Do you have any specific recommendations how to approach that? So like, I see two things. So in the process you mentioned, um, so first you said uh, we formulate the business problem, then there is uh, the part when we do data pre-processing, then there is the sexy part of modeling, then there is deployment part. So two out of these five steps, so the, the data prep and uh, model deployment, they are very heavy on engineering, right? Yeah. 
They are. So do you have uh, any specific recommendations how to become better in this particular phases, uh, like when it comes absolutely. to absolutely. So in the model, in the deployment part, uh, it's gonna any skills that you can grab from DevOps, uh, they're gonna pay a lot of. Uh, dividends for you, right? Like learning how to build APIs, just using Flask or Fast API in Python. So all of that knowledge they're gonna be acquiring before even getting into machine learning, they're definitely gonna pay off. Learning how to use Docker, something like Docker, how to put your application, your API inside a container is definitely going to pay off, right? Uh, learning a cloud provider or how to use Amazon, how to use Google Cloud, or in, in the case of Amazon, AWS or Azure, those cloud providers learning how to create Lambda functions, all of that stuff is definitely going to pay, pay up here because it's about building systems that clients have access to. So all of those little things that you're putting together today in preparation to learn machine learning or to become a better engineer are definitely going to pay up uh, when you get to the end of the, the road or not the end of the road, but whenever you get to the market and you start trying to deliver this value. So yeah, don't, don't waste any opportunities or don't say no to any opportunities to become a better engineer because all of that factors and, and all of that is gonna help, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Uh, maybe I just want to add a bit that uh, the things we discussed when how to approach learning machine learning also apply here. So you don't just go and uh, you know read a book about the cloud, you think, first about the problem and then you try to solve this problem with the cloud right so you focus on the yep. problem first because otherwise the cloud is such a big topic it's just a huge it's, thing yeah yeah it's not possible to to and then okay how do you yeah there's not such thing as go and learn the cloud yeah um, exactly you know, here are five steps to learn the cloud there's <laughs> no such thing it's just yeah. it's huge right so you just have to just pick and choose and what do I need right now in order to get this project here in the next state, right? Mm -hmm. So what do I need to learn? Oh, it's a Lambda function. Oh, I need to put that Lambda function behind this thing. So that's the way you start building all of the puzzle pieces that are gonna get you to a final solution. Yeah, yeah we have a question uh, and I'm interested about uh, uh, your take. If um, what is in your, in your opinion, the difference between uh, Machine learning and data science. Well, that's a, that is a hard question to, to answer because I don't think there is consensus on the, on the industry. I do see personally, and this is just my personal opinion, I do see machine learning as a more hands-on practical side of the equation. And I see data science as a more theoretical uh, field. That is just me. A lot of people will definitely disagree. A lot of companies use these titles interchangeably. So like you're a data scientist and what you're doing is very hands-on and you're a machine learning person and what you do is very theoretical. But yeah. I, do, I do sort of like separate those two in my head like that way. That machine learning is more hands-on, more let's build something, let's put it out there. Uh, data science is more science. Right. It's more theory, it's more let's create things that don't mm. exist right now. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Interesting. So the way I look at this is a bit different. So it's okay. from okay. a different angle. So the way I think about this, so you have data science and machine learning is one of the tools there, but there mm -hmm. are other tools. Uh, so 
Like for example, if you are solving a problem with data science, you don't always need to go and take machine learning and use it as a tool. Maybe there is a simpler approach that you can use. Maybe you can just use I like counting. That. I like that one, yeah. yeah. I definitely like that way. So you look at machine learning as a subset of data Maybe science. Maybe not a subset. It's like, um, uh, you know, you are a carpenter and you have different tools, right? So one thing you have, uh, I don't know what kind of tools carpenters have. Um, I don't know, hammers, hammer. and then, yeah, and then, and then maybe a tool set with ham like different hammers. This would be machine learning, right? Oh, and then nice. there is a different set of uh, tools that would be maybe something else. I like it. I like it. Yeah, but so I, a data scientist, a data scientist to you will be somebody that's capable of using machine learning, but is also capable of doing other stuff. Yeah, or using other different tool sets than not only machine learning. Yeah, I, I like that. I haven't seen other people um, actively saying this, so I'm not sure like if there is consensus. But uh, this is how I, I like to, to be honest. Works. I've seen, yeah, I've seen these concepts used all over the place for two different things. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I'm not sure there is consensus. Okay, so we have a question from Ali. I am an application developer uh, manager. Uh, so the, there is a lot of publications, so I'm trying to, to read it. So I'm trying to learn machine learning. Should I start with machine learning projects or attend course or learn math and how to decide which area in machine learning I can excel? I think we, we covered that, uh, but maybe we yeah. can reiterate a bit. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, so what, what I would say is if you, if you already got uh, coding skills, if you already know how to develop software, there are two ways for you to start. One way is try to find a problem really quick and try to solve it. And the Kaggle tutorial is the perfect place to start. And you're not going to miss it. Go to Kaggle and there's going to be a list of tutorials. You know, you will know what, which one to pick. If you want a little bit more theory before starting with a problem, I would recommend you go and, and do the machine learning course in Coursera from Andrew Inc. It's an amazing introduction to machine learning. I think like 4 million people have taken that course so far. It's probably one of the most popular one, if not the most popular course out there. Start there, that's gonna give you a ton of theory. And from there, you can start jumping back, back and forth from, from problems. So those paths, any of those will definitely work for you, uh, yeah. That's that's what I would do. That's uh, a good course, and I uh, I am one of these four millions. Oh yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is how I started my career in machine learning yeah, by watching yeah, that yeah. course. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a lot of comments. I uh, so I wasn't able to pick to to keep up with them. One of the comments I noticed about this lizard book is that uh, a few people commented that math gets quite um, difficult in chapter four um mm -hmm. so how do you how do you uh how did you deal with this uh so let me let me check chapter four here really quick let me see what we're talking about the lizard book part two chapter four training models is that the one or part four well yeah. there is four in the book so in training models so i'm not sure so let me tell you this i'm not a math guy i promise you that right I am as good as math as anyone else that is not good as math. And I've been able to survive and I've been able to provide value. So I, I want you to put aside that math is gonna kill me 
And I want you to focus on what can I do today to provide value? And I promise math is gonna come with it without you thinking that you have to go through the math. So I cannot comment on chapter four because Honestly, I haven't. Maybe not it's a different, uh, there are a couple of lizard books out there. I Maybe there is it's... a different lizard book. So this is the one that I have here. Maybe there is a different one. Chapter four here is about training models. Uh, maybe maybe in that chapter is when he talks about gradient descent. Uh, get the idea, get the overall idea. You do not have to understand how to do gradient descent by hand. That's why we have libraries that do that for us and we don't have to implement training loops anymore by hand. That's not necessary. You don't have to sort of like uh, tattoo that into your brain in order to do machine learning. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think that's the best recommendation I can give regarding math. Yeah, so what worked for me, I remember when I saw these big formulas, usually it's some linear algebra, some multiplications. And for me, what helped is trying to translate these formulas into code. Mm -hmm. And when I see them in the code, I understand, okay, this scary thing is just a bunch of for loops. And I know how to deal with for loops because I am a developer, right? So I know how to write yeah. this, even though it's like a nested, uh, like a for matrix multiplication, I think you need three loops. But yeah. at the end, it's still a bunch of for loops. And we as developers, we know how to deal with for loops. Mm -hmm. So then like decomposing and uh, expressing yeah. things in code really helps. Yeah, that's and then cool. it's yeah, not what scary I anymore. Yeah, no, what I try to do is I try to, to get past the formula by trying to explain. So what is an intu intuitive way to think about what's happening here, right? Instead of like worrying about the formula and how it's done, how can I explain what's happening? And that helps me a lot to get past that formula, right? Not necessarily to understand how to do it by hand, but definitely to understand what's happening and why it works. So yeah, that's, that's what I try to do. Yeah, thanks. So there is a question about your course and the link to this course. I will post this link a bit later. When we finish, okay. I will post this in the description. I will also post uh, your Twitter, Santiago. Um, anything else I should add in the description? I Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, join me on Twitter for sure. So, you know, stay tuned. That's, that's what I'm doing. And I, I really feel happy. That, I feel validated that a lot of people find the content helpful. And by the way, by following me, you're also helping me because you know if you provide feedback, if you tell me what what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, that's the way I learn as well. So yeah, that's the only thing that I'll say. Yeah. Okay. Any last words you want to say before we wrap uh, up? Thank you for having me here. I'm really really excited about the talks uh, for the next few days, uh, especially the one from Elena. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, so Elena already, like her video here is the most watched video on our channel about nice. uh, why your machine, logic, uh, machine learning projects uh, fail. So mm -hmm. that one, uh, the, your, your second talk, I think will be, uh, will overcome the first one, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, right. like I'm really looking yep. forward to that one as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, joining us today, for sharing your knowledge with us, for giving, uh, uh, I think it was very motivating uh, because I know how many developers feel about math. And I hope um, if we changed the mind of some people who will now go and uh, start solving problems, that would be really That's great. The goal, and, yes, That's and, the goal. and I think you managed to do this. So I'm pretty sure that... Uh, 
a few people today after finishing this talk will go and instead of focusing on math, will go on Kaggle, will find this tutorial and they will fit a decision tree and they will stop we'll being afraid. Start. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Santiago. And thanks everyone for watching us. And please check if you don't know about the conference, there is a link about the conference, check the talks we have and you can register and you will get a notification about uh, the talks. So that's yeah. all for today and uh, see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. -bye.